the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this KGNW broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. Well, this is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development for KGNW. Welcome today. Heart of the City is a program that proclaims the faithfulness of God. The key verse in my life that I call my life verse is Psalms 37, verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land, and feed on His faithfulness. You know, the first 40 years of my life, I tried to dwell on me being faithful to God, which is a good thing. But then I discovered that the reality is I need to dwell on God's faithfulness in my life and focus my life on his faithfulness. And in doing so, the outcome of my life as I dwell on him and his faithfulness is a grateful heart and a focus on him instead of my works. And so Uh, I love to be able to share these stories each week with you about how God has worked in the lives of various men and women, pastors, ministry leaders, business leaders, because it shows the faithfulness of God in their life over the seasons of time. And so with me today is a a friend that I've had known for a while. His name is Dermothy Lavelle. He has a program every Sunday at 530 on KGNW called Straight From His Word, and Dermothy, welcome to Heart of the City today. Well, thank you, Chuck. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, in fact, you and I were discussing this. You've been on KGNW for how many years? Twelve years. Twelve years. And uh, that is a, a good <laughs> long time, isn't it? Yes, it is. We're looking at uh, year 13, Lord willing. Yeah, Lord willing. And so if you have an opportunity uh, to listen to some really good preaching— 5.30 on, on KGNW on Sundays, Dermothy delivers the word. And, you know, when I'm driving around on Sundays, uh, if I'm going to a church service or a concert or just, you know, wherever I'm going and I have a chance to switch on KGNW, I'd love to hear uh, Dermothy. I'd love to hear you proclaim the word. So, Thank and, you, sir. And I also would love for our listeners to know more about you and how the Lord has worked in your life and how you came to know Jesus. So... <laughs> Um, you, uh, did you grow up in this area? Okay, let's go back for a little bit here. I uh, know I'm originally from Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I'm so Oklahoma. you're an Oki. I'm an Oki. <laughs> oh, you Sooners fan. A Sooners fan. Yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, how is your family still there, or did you migrate out of there uh, or still have relatives back in Oklahoma? Well, I have a few relatives back in Oklahoma. You know, what's really amazing that uh, what God did, (laughs) you know, uh, with my testimony, you know, I had no idea that I would uh, ever end up in uh, Seattle, Washington. And I had no idea that uh, it would be in Seattle that God would launch my ministry the way that he that he's done it over the years. Um, I grew up in Oklahoma. I was a military brat, my stepdad and my mom. And I basically grew up in the church, pretty much, you know, strict Pentecostal church. Uh huh. And um, so where were you in uh, in Oklahoma? Were you in Lot in Oklahoma? Lot in Fort Sill. Fort Sill. My brother did his. Uh, is that AIT? Uh, basically, after basic, uh-huh. you go to, uh, he went to Fort Sill. Uh-huh. He was uh, shot howitzers there okay, for the National yeah. Guard years ago. I, I remember all those loud booms. My stepdad was a drill instructor uh-huh. at uh, Fort Sill, and my mom was a surgical nurse. Uh, so that was the environment I grew up in. You know, we traveled different places and different things like that. Um, but, you know, to get into the testimony aspect of it, um, I was born in Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And my mother told me the story, you know, and it was an astounding story. Um, they discovered that I was born with congenital glaucoma hmm. at six weeks old. And actually, I was blind in my left eye. And, <laughs> and I was also born with a heart defect. And so they uh, flew me down to Fort Sam Houston, you know, about seven weeks old. And uh, before they did that, this is the testimony, um, when she discovered that and they told her, you know, this is your child is going to be blind. He's blind in his left eye right now, the way it's looking, and he has his heart defect. And she went and prayed. Mm-hmm. And my mother was a very praying woman. And she went and prayed a Hannah prayer. Lord, I can't deal with the child that's blind with these issues, health issues. I'm going to give him back to you. He's mm-hmm. yours. If you heal my child, he's yours. Um, so <laughs> when they flew me down to Fort Sam Houston from the story that she's told me, um, when they went in, I guess they were going to see if they could relieve the pressure. They're going to see something. Maybe we can do something, you know. And I still have the scar right here where they actually went in. Uh, when they got in, there was nothing. There was, it was nothing, you know. And they, it was like, oh, my God, he's not blind anymore. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you're seven weeks old, so yeah, you can't tell them. I can't tell them anything, right. you know. So they realized, oh, my God. And then, of course, I had the heart defect. Uh-huh. So they kept me down there for six months because of my heart defect. And it was just an amazing testimony, the fact that, okay, this kid came in, was blind in one eye, and they went in. And I was like, okay, the, the film is gone. He can see. It's, you know, he's responding. So that was part of the testimony. She gave me back to God. Mm-hmm. She said, he's yours. However you want to use him, God, he's yours. Mm. And so as growing up as a kid, I was always a little different. Mm-hmm. And she kept telling me, you have a calling in your life. You know, you're called to preach. I gave you back to God. You know, and she would tear it over and over again. I'm like, I don't want to preach. I don't want to do none of that stuff. So um, as I grew up, um, I, I was different. You know, I just never fit in with the other kids. And she said, you're called to preach the gospel. I gave you back to God. You belong to him. So as I began to grow up, you know, and, you know, the typical, I'm a pretty good kid. Yeah. You know? Was it, you know, is your stepdad and he was military. Right. So was it pretty regimented in your house? Oh, my God. It was like <laughs> living in the military. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it was yes, sir. No, sir. You know, we got strict bedtimes. First thing you do in the morning, make up your bed. Everything had to be tight. 
You know, my mom being a surgical nurse, so everything was sterile. Oh, my. So, I mean, yeah. the house was spotless. Yeah. You know, so it was like, man, there was discipline, you know, discipline, discipline, discipline. So and I, was your stepdad, was he, was, did he have the same uh, um, spiritual formation as your mom? Or no, was your mom kind of, she took no. the lead, even my, though he was a, de- a drill instructor, yeah, your mama. Took, my mother took the lead because uh-huh. he, was, he was a Baptist. Uh-huh. We grew up Pentecostal. My mother was Pentecostal. Uh-huh. So you had that <laughs> different division, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. But he was also traveling a lot when he wasn't at home. So he was overseas. He was going to different places. Uh-huh. So um, it was it was different. You I know, got it. It. Was, it was very different. So as I was growing up, I was a bright kid, I guess considered a smart kid. Then I was an athlete. So I grew up in athletics. But um, you said you didn't really fit. I mean, so socially you just didn't connect with people? or well, it was hard because, you know, I would try to blend in and fit in. Uh-huh. And people were drawn to me because I was an athlete. Got it. And I was smart. Uh-huh. And so, but I still had this other side to me that was just like, I couldn't really get into too much mischief because I knew that this is not right. This mm-hmm. is not good. So um, I just never really fit in. But people were always drawn to me. And when they had a problem, they would come to me and ask me questions. Well, what should I do about this? What should I do about that? So I, you know, went through the typical teenager rebellion, disobedience stuff and everything like that, and um, got involved. And I, I became a father at the age of uh, 17. Wow. Out of wedlock. And it was just like, man, God could never use me now. You know, he would not want anything to do with me, you know, because I, you know, fell into that. And... What And here's where my life really took a drastic turn. First of all, when I became a father, it changed me. I had no idea that having a, a daughter, you know, at the age of 17 would have such an impact on me. You were in, still in high school. Still in high school. And my parents had went through a divorce. Uh-huh. All of this was happening. You know, my world was just crumbling around me at, uh-huh. the, at the time. And, you know, my parents went through a divorce. Teenage father. I'm trying to get a track scholarship. I was a track athlete. I played football. Um, in fact, I got a track scholarship to Oklahoma State University. Um, so I was pretty good. So all of this was going on, and uh, um, there was a revival meeting. And my mother was going to the revival meeting every night. And she came home uh, Wednesday night, and she said there was this guest speaker there. And he said, do you have a son? She said, yes, I do. She says, uh, he said, bring him to church. He needs to be here on Friday night. And, you know, of course, it's Friday night. It's high school. Oh, stuff going yeah. On. My mom came and says, uh, the speaker said, you need to be at church on Friday night, so you're coming to church with me. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not. It's Friday night. Yeah. And she says, you're coming to church. That's it. I said, okay, I'll go. Because you were still living at home at the time. I was time. still living at yeah. home. Okay. You know, I'm living at home. Yeah. You know, it's Friday night. You know, right. they have school dances and different things like that. And I'm just like, I'm not going to church on Friday night. She said, you're going to church. So I said, okay, I'll go. I went to church, and the guest speaker, it seemed like he was preaching directly to me mm. the whole night. I'm sitting there. I'm under conviction. He's preaching about everything that I've been doing and all of this stuff. I'm like, nobody knows about this. Nobody knows about this. And I'm just coming under the weight of conviction really, really bad. And when it got time for him to make the altar call, i never forget it. He said, I want every person to get up here and come to the altar right now so you can repent and be forgiven. Oh, and I left this part out, Chuck. Forgive me. I received the Lord when I was in the fourth grade. I accepted okay. the Lord in the fourth grade. Mm-hmm. I was going to a Baptist Sunday Bible school, mm-hmm. and they preached a message about Jesus. And I began to weep. I began to cry. And I said the prayer of salvation in the fourth grade. 
What? So your heart was sensitive towards yes. it, even though, in, you know, having grown up in the church, just because you go to church doesn't mean that you know, the, you know right. Jesus, right. you know, and so, but you'd had that experience. Yeah. I began to weep. Uh-huh. I, you know, it's just like when they shared the story about the cross and what he went through. Mm. I'm sitting here with my little classmates and I began to cry. You know, so my heart was really sensitive. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So I accepted Christ at the, in the fourth grade. And of course, like I said, I grew up not really understanding. I knew something happened to me then. Mm-hmm. But on that night, as he made the altar call, I said, I'm not going up there. And for some reason, I found myself on the altar. I don't even know how I got up there. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. And the power of God hit me so hard. I was prostrate, I'm weeping, I'm crying. And he began to pray for me. And I had this encounter that night. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And I remember I was trying to crawl to get to the, into the pulpit. I was trying to get there. But, the, you know, the deacons, they wouldn't let me get up in the pulpit. But I was trying to get into the pulpit. And so after that service, Chuck went home and went to bed. And I, have, I don't share this too often, um, I had a vision hmm. that I was caught up into this beautiful place. Like a, there was a, like a, it was so amazing. And I, I'm, I'm standing in this beautiful place. And it's, it's just actually described in Exodus. It was like, it was, like it was at the foot of the throne. Hmm. And it was this, and I began to shake. And all of a sudden, this giant Bible appeared and it opened up and then this hand appeared which was the hand of God and then he spoke to me and he spoke with scripture to me and when he, the voice of many waters is real mm. <laughs> I've heard it and when he spoke this scripture to me my whole body my bones everything just shook and I woke up and I'm like, oh, my gosh, and I'm sweating. I'm still trembling from hearing this, 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 this. You can't even put it into words. And I'm, and I'm shaking, and I run into my mother's room, and I said, Mom, I had this dream, and I, God spoke to me, and he gave me this scripture. And I quoted the scripture verbatim. Now, I did not know any scripture, John. Interesting. No. Mm-hmm. And I quoted the scripture verbatim, and it, it was a Mark 6 scripture. And she says, God has called you into the ministry. Here's your calling. Now you know it came directly from him. Wow. And I'm standing here and I'm like, no. I'm saying, no, God, I don't want to do this. And because I grew up and I had experienced and saw a lot of things in the church, I'm like, I don't want no part of this. I don't want to be like that. And I don't want to preach. Man. I said, you know what? I'm going to turn into the worst rebel I can possibly be so God will not use me to preach the gospel. And I played Jonah. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Before you said that, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I thought, well, there's another guy in Scripture that tried to do the same thing, and his name was Jonah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the Scripture he gave me was Mark 6, 4, by the way. And I said, I'm going to run. I'm going to do everything I can possibly do. And... I'm just going to be in total rebellion against God so that God can't use me. Because I say, God, you don't need me. You have enough preachers. So this was like, like a conscious decision on your part. Oh, yes. Conscious, conscious. I said, I'm going to do everything I can possibly do. I got my college scholarship, um, went to college, and 
I just, you know, this just, just I'm going to be bad. And I remember I was standing out on the track one day, and I said, God, you don't need me, and I don't want to preach the gospel. And I remember standing, and I looked up, and I said, God, you don't need me. And from that point on, my life took a turn. And like I said, I played Jonah. When God pursues you, he pursues you. So, you know, we would go out, we'd, you know, we'd party and start drinking and doing all of the stuff that, you know, 18, 19 years old, they do. And, of course, because we would go to church on Sundays, they said, let's get up and go to church. So one Sunday we got up and we went to, uh, it was a Presbyterian church, and they had a guest speaker. And the, the evangelist was up preaching, and he stopped preaching, Chuck, and he looked, and he said, you're running from God. Mm. And I looked around. <laughs> he says, you're running from God. You're called to preach the gospel. And, of course, all of my teammates, they look at me, you're called to preach the gospel with the stuff that you do? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, okay. Uh, and he said, you in the shirt. He says, you've been running from God, but God says, you're going to preach the gospel. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Once again, I said, okay, okay. So I finally embraced the fact, one day I have to preach the gospel, but not now. But I'm going to continue my rebellion. Right. And one thing after another happened, um, one of the most scariest things that happened to me um, when I, I had moved to California and I was going to go to school there and um, I was got off work one night and I was carjacked at gunpoint. The guy held a gun to the back of my head and said if I moved he was going to blow my brains out. Mm. He was going to kill me. This is in Los Angeles, California. God spared my life. I was in several major car accidents, and I kept walking away. But the last accident I was in, they said, we don't even know how you're alive. You should be dead. And I said, okay, God, that's it. No more. I surrender. So I surrendered. I said, okay, Lord, whatever you do, I'll, I'll get back to church, and, and I'll, however you want me to serve you, I'll serve you. And I started. I went to uh, Frederick Casey Price in Crenshaw Christian Center, and I recommitted my life to the Lord. I How said, old were you at that time? I was 21, mm-hmm. 21 years old at that time. Mm-hmm. So the call came at 17. The official call came at 17, so I ran for all of those years. He got me at 21. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he went to school. I, I you know, I recommitted, started learning, and then he started moving me from different churches and different things, not knowing he was taking me through training. You know, I went through different denominations, and I'm just being trained by the, by the Holy Spirit of God what ministry is and what's not ministry, what's true and what's false. So I went through that to where I said, okay, you know, I was a, a youth pastor uh, working with youth in California, working with the gang members and different things like that. And I'm thinking, okay, this, this is good, this is great. And then... Um, I got involved with the faith movement, really got involved with the faith movement. Mm. So, you know, I said, okay, I want to be a faith preacher. You know, I want to have a big church and all of those things like that. And I had started a business, so I was in business. I was making decent money. And then I got a phone call one day, and my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And that changed my life once again. Um, so I had to move to Cali- um, back to Oklahoma to take care of her. But I couldn't find work. So because I couldn't find work, my sister had a business up here. She says, come to Seattle. She says, come to Seattle. So I said, okay, moved to Seattle, came to Seattle, Chuck, and I had no idea that this was going to be the place where God would launch my ministry. And I had stopped preaching, and I was going to a big 
faith church here in SeaTac. I won't mention the name. And I'd stopped preaching, and I was just being an usher. I said, I'm just going to serve and just make money. And uh, Rod Parsley came to town, and he had preached a message about the presence of God and pursuing God. And I began to weep, and I just weep and weep. And then the Spirit of the Lord says, are you going to accept the call? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, not like that. <laughs> and again, <laughs> once again, I said, I just, I'll just serve like I'm doing. And all of my business deals began to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, I'm paying my tithes. I'm serving. I'm doing all of this. And then he spoke to me. He says, you have not accepted the call. And I said, okay, God, you got me. And from that point on, I was launched in the ministry. And um, I had an opportunity to go to Israel with Benny Hinn in 1993 for 10 days. And I spent 10 days over there in Jerusalem. Totally changed my life. Hmm. And from that point on, the Lord says, when you get back to Seattle, start your ministry. Go forth. And been going ever since. You're listening to Heart of the Ministry. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development for KGNW. And our guest today is Dermothy Lavelle with Straight From His Word Ministries. You know, you're a pretty stubborn guy. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I mean, the Lord, I mean, audibly spoke to you at 17. He, Your mama spoke to you when you were a young man saying you've been called to preach. The Lord revealed to you in many different occasions. And yet, I mean, the stubbornness of the heart, but yet God continued to pursue you, didn't he? Yes, he did. He did not give up on you. Is a faithfulness of God in your life just continuing to pursue you, even in your own rebellion. Yes, he did. He would not give up. Yeah. So what happened next? You know, uh, um, like I said, uh, came back from Israel, started here holding miracle healing services in downtown Seattle. We was in the north end um, just ministering and just preaching and teaching. And, and what had happened, I wasn't really called a pastor because that's not my gifting. I have a prophetic calling. But all of a sudden, these people were just there. And they were coming to our miracle healing services, ministries, people being delivered, healed, set free, genuine miracles and healings taking place. And all of a sudden, I'm like, God, these people are just here. What am I going to do with them? And I'm like, okay, well, we'll start a Bible study. So I started on the Bible study in, in, in one of my uh, associate ministers, Holmes. And honestly, these people just started coming and coming and coming. And we were like, uh, I guess we got to start a church, right? You know? <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, we had a ministry, but like, I guess I got to start pastoring these people mm-hmm. because they were coming from all different places. And of course, you know, we, we, we started our ministry back in 1990, uh, 1993. And, uh, and you know, I just saw God do miraculous things, you know, and the Lord had gave me um, to preach the full counsel of God's word no, with no sugar added. And we, we went through and we went through and was passing. And, of course, I was able to meet you because in uh, 1999, um, the Lord says, go on the radio. And I'm like, okay. And it was, it was by faith. And as a result of that, we started our radio program straight from his word mm-hmm. with no sugar added. Mm-hmm. And we, we began to preach the word of the Lord. And, and that's what God has given me to do because it's extremely important that we get back to Bible basics, that we hear sound biblical teaching to lead people into a relationship with Christ. You know, it's about equipping the saints. Yeah. And we are living in the last days, the last time, perilous times. And so there's a work to be done for every believer. And God is calling us to be in a personal relationship with him. Dermothy, uh, we've got one minute left here. So I would love for you to encourage the listeners. 
you know, uh, I kind of teased you a little bit about being stubborn, but I got to believe that there are people listening to you that have felt some sort of call from the Lord. Maybe not a call to preach, but it might be a call for... Uh, you know, in a in a to go help their neighbor next door, yeah. or to to go to a certain job, and they're trying to figure that all out ahead of time. And and you didn't know what the Lord had in store from you for, for the last twelve years. But talk to that person, speak to them just for a few seconds here, and what would you say to them if they're hearing that consistent call from the Lord? I would say yes. I was listening to that song as I was driving and just say yes, because a lot of times we don't know what God requires of us. But if we are yielded and submitted and obedient, God will bless us and God will be with us. Just say yes. Amen. Amen. Well, in in that saying yes, you don't have to have that figured out. You don't have to know what the end. Uh, the Lord knows the end the, from the beginning. He yes. is the Alpha and Omega. But as as a follower in Jesus, you don't have to have it all figured out once you do say yes. It's a matter of being faithful and being obedient to the call he has given to you. And the outcome of that is ongoing, ongoing daily service and being led by the Spirit of God. Well, Dermothy, thank you for joining me today. If you want to reach out to Dermothy, he's given us his, his private number here. So 253 431 7375 or D-E-R-M-A-T-H-E at msn.com. Thank you for joining me today. God bless. You've been listening to this KGNW special, Heart of the City. For more information about how your pastor or ministry can be featured on KGNW, call Chuck Olmstead at 206-269-6216 or go to KGNW.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.